Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Well, hey, let's, let's jump, let's jump right in. And uh, I want to start by asking you a question. And before I ask the question, if you're married and here today, I'm just going to do a solid for you, especially for you husbands. No matter what I say next, I want you to keep your eyes just straight forward. Okay. I'm just giving you a heads up. I'm just here for you. I'm here for you. Okay. I'm really here for you. Um, my question to you today, does anyone in here have a tendency to misplace their personal items on a regular basis. Guys, right here, you're looking forward. Don't turn and look. All right, now let's all, let's all admit it. You may even be the guy that does that. I happen to be one. Um, raise your hand if you, you tend to misplace things on a regular basis, important things. It's just, I feel like it's good that you just get some freedom today and just say, you know what? I am that person. I know you love me and I know I'm annoying, but I am called by God, right? Um, I, uh, I, I don't know, uh, me and my wife, we're, we're not, we're not hugely like this, but, um, you know, there's, there's people out there, you're, you're just, you just misplace things often, important things like your phone, your keys, your children, <laughs> uh, you just, you just happen to lose those valuable, important things. It's just like, it's like a gift that you have. Uh, really, really my wife, Natalie, she's, uh, she's, she's really not like this very much, but there's one item that she loves to leave around the house in random places. And that is her phone. In fact, I got confirmation that I was supposed to preach this message today because I already had this story in here. And as we pulled out of the driveway, guess who left her phone in the house? (laughs) Natalie did, my wife. Um, she tends to leave her phone all over the place. And, um, but she, she has this little thing on, she has her, her, her iWatch, her Apple Watch, and she loves to ping her phone. Yeah, you're already laughing because I know you're one of these people too. She pings her phone all the time. In fact, I think she likes pinging her phone so much, she, she loses it on purpose. It's like, you know what, I'm just going to leave this in the bathroom. I'm going to into the kitchen. Maybe I'll forget about it so I can just use the ping feature. You know, I just, I want to ping it. I'm like, it can, it can literally be, I'm not joking, it can be right behind her. Her first thought when she can't find it is not to look around. It's straight to the watch, and I'm going to ping that sucker. You know what I'm saying? Are you, I'm going to call you something. Any, any other pingers in here? Yeah, I feel like that's a cuss word. All right. Um, today, today I, feel like, I feel like this message that I want to give you is just that. Uh, it's, it's a chance for me to ping something that you might have misplaced in your life. Uh, you haven't lost it. Um, it's, it's not lost. Maybe you just haven't picked it up in a while. And, and I, that's, that's really what this message is about today is the chance for me to say, hey, there might be a truth in scripture and a truth in a weapon and a tool that God has actually brought to our lives as believers. And, and I believe it's one of those things that we tend to misplace. It's one of those things that we tend to set down and we tend to forget about. And all I'm here to do today is I'm not here to actually teach you a new thing. You've probably heard this message before, but I'm simply here to say, hey, if you have misplaced this thing and you have dropped it and you have not engaged in it in a while, I'm encouraging you to pick it back up. Now, before I tell you what that thing is, I need you to, I need you to really grab a hold of this. There's no use in feeling any shame. There's no use in feeling any guilt, any guilt or any condemnation for not using this tool in your life. That is not what today is about. 
Now, I will, I will warn you, it will, this, today's message will be convicting. It will convict you. But it's not, a, it's not a place to feel shame or guilt. In fact, I've learned this about God. Um, I, I've seen this in my relationship with God. There are many, how many you know there's many promises and many truths in Scripture? And what God tends to do is he tends to highlight certain things in certain seasons. So you might be white hot on faith. Let's say faith for a season. And then it's like the, the season shifts and you really feel like he's highlighting worship to you in this season. And it's not that you don't believe in having faith. It's just that he's highlighting this certain thing over here. So there are, there's, a lot, there's a lot that he does in seasons. But, but what I'm saying to you today is the thing that I want to share with you, I believe it should, be, it should be working in every single season. See, there are certain truths in Scripture, certain pillars, certain foundational things that should always be in, actively engaged in your life. Like, 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 for instance, you should always read your Bible no matter what season you're in. There's never a season where you go, yeah, it's just not a season for me to read the word. It's like, that's a lie. <laughs> Every season you should read. Every season you should pray. Every season you should worship. Those are staples. They're pillars in our walk with God. And this is one too. Today I want to talk to you about bringing back declarations. The title of my message is Bring Back Declarations. I believe that declarations should be a staple in your life. I believe that you decreeing a thing should be a pillar in your walk with God. And today I'm here to ping that thing that you might have misplaced. Because I, I, I see this in my own life and I see this in believers' lives. We tend to leave this one under the couch for seasons where we can't find it. And I really encourage you to pick it back up because you need to understand this. There is actually power in the words that you say. I have three people who believe what I'm saying. Don't worry, I got some scripture. I got some scripture coming up. There is, there is, there is power in your words. There, there is power in the things that you declare and the things that you decree. The, um, uh, declarations are not old school. Declarations are not reserved for the word of faith movement. Declarations are, are positive confession is not just for Tony Robbins and his followers. No, no, no. He actually ripped off something God put in place thousands and thousands of years ago. There is power in our words. There is, there is a, a, a power that is released when we speak. And I believe it's one of the most powerful tools that the Lord has given you and me. You see, there, there's, this, there's this thing called our Bible. And I don't know if you've noticed this. If it stays on your nightstand... No power is being released from it. There's a lot of power in it, but it is not activated and released until you activate and release it. And one of the most, the best way you can actively release the power that is found in Scripture is by actually opening your mouth and saying what God has already said and declaring what God has already said. There is power in our words, period. There is faith. That is released. The renewing of the mind happens when we decree a thing and we declare a thing. We begin to steward and steer and shift our own lives whenever we realize the power that is in our words. And yes, I'll even go as far as say this. That our words are so powerful, they shift nations. 
change cities. They completely change the dynamic of a, of a family. And it all happens because of the words that we release. Now, I'll be the first to admit that this message has gotten a bad rap. It has. There have been some people who have misused this, this principle in the word. So what I'm asking you today to, 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 to do today is actually throw off all the things you've ever learned about the power of your words. Don't even listen to my opinion because I'm not going to try and give you my opinion. I want you to listen to what scripture says. And you determine, you determine if scripture actually points out the fact that there's power in your words. I heard it said, I'm going to mention Steve Backlund quite a few times in this message. He's one of the most powerful voices on declaration that I've ever heard. I'd encourage you to get some of his books on declaration. Steve Backlund is out of Bethel Church. And I'm going to mess up this, this, this saying. But the, the overall concept, he says, we don't always get everything that we say, but nothing we see has not been spoken. Everything we see has been spoken. We may not get everything that we say, but we're not going to get anything unless it's said. Everything we see from, from the dawn of creation, I encourage you, if, if you've never heard this message before, I remember the first time I heard the message on the power of my words. It blew my mind. I'll be honest. I'm like, what? This is incredible. You go back and look and go, go back and read through Genesis 1 and 2 and look how many times it says, and God said. Did you know that God didn't think the world into existence? He didn't feel it into existence. He, the, 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 the worlds, the trees, the water was not created through osmosis, just out of God into the earth. You don't want to know how it was created? He spoke it. And God said, let there be light. And God said, and God said, and God said. Proverbs 18, chapter 21 is, is kind of the go-to scripture when it comes to talking about the power of our words. And it says this, you know it. It says, death and life are in the power. Say power. power. Notice what it says here. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We, always, we, we like to concentrate on the death and life part. I don't know if we always focus on the fact that it's saying there's power in the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Hebrews 11, verse 3 says this. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Isn't that interesting? The things that, that, are, that, that are made, they weren't made out of the things which are seen, the visible things. God didn't take a bunch of stuff that was already here and make stuff. No, he created it new with his mouth, right. with his words. Why do I keep talking about God creating with his words? Because we were made in the image of God and we create with our words too. Oh, come on, it's getting real word of faith in here today. I can tell I got a word of faith section right around here. They grew up in it. <laughs> It says the worlds were framed by the word of God. James chapter three, 
verses four through five, it says, look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Verse five, even so the tongue. It's comparing the rudder of a ship, which is so small compared to the big ship. It steers it, it sets the course of it. It says your tongue is the same. Your tongue is the same. Your words are the same. So we're gonna dive in to this today. Um, I want you to join me in prayer. Let's pray for a minute. Lord, we thank you for this message. We thank you for this time. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place to lead and guide us into all truth. And I just pray, God, that you would break down any lies that we have about the power of our words, any misconceptions, that we just grab hold of actually what your scripture points out and what your scripture says. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. I came across a story about, <clears throat> um, I don't know, probably a year or two ago. And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I came across it on a YouTube video because I'm a YouTube junkie. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. You're a YouTube junkie too. I have people lay hands on me and pray for me all the time, so don't worry about it, all right? So I'm watching, I'm watching YouTube. This video comes across, and it's, um, it's this video about this Japanese scientist named, and I may mispronounce his name, Dr. Masaru Emoto. And what he began to do is he began to do experiments on water. And the experiments that he, that he began to, to do on water, what he would do is he began to put different, like, water in different Petri dishes, okay? And he'd have a group over here and a group over there, or just one at a time. And he'd begin to speak life over this little Petri dish of water. Sounds crazy. That's what he'd do. He'd just have someone speak the word hope over it, over and over and over. And the word life over the other one. And the word, um, you know, just like thankfulness and, and gratefulness. And the list goes on and on. He even went as far as playing music over the water. And he'd, pray, he'd play like classical music over this group and, class, and then like heavy metal over this other one. He even taped, he, he wouldn't even speak the word, he would just tape a word over the actual Petri dish, like a good word and a bad word. And then what he did is he, he froze the water and then took pictures of the crystals that were formed. And um, I know you're probably not going to believe me when I show you the pictures and you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to go do my own research. Well, go do your own research. I'm telling the truth. <laughs> this is what we found. <clears throat> this is what happened when evil, words like you fool, you disgust me, these are the crystals that were formed. And then below are the ones, thank you, love and gratitude, harmony. Look, there's some more pictures that we have. When positive words were spoken, it literally changed the molecular structure of the water. Now, this one's about to hurt. All you heavy metal fans, it did not produce a pretty crystal. Doesn't mean you're going to stop listening to it, but it did not. <clears throat> Isn't that amazing? And he, he began to discover that our words actually have the ability to influence the physical realm. I want to say that again. Your words have the ability to influence the physical realm. See, he didn't discover something that wasn't already discovered. 
He discovered something that God had put in place thousands and thousands of years ago. What was it? The power of our words. He scientifically proved that something happens when people pray. This may, this may ruffle your theological feathers for a second, but even a Buddhist prayer would change the molecular structure. See, God put the principle into the earth. Words are powerful. The principle is there. And you can choose to engage in it or not. I would argue that there's way more power in the words that he has spoken coming out of your mouth than just any old words you decide to speak out. The real power, the real creative force, the real thing that we're called to do, I'm not just saying that we just release whatever words we want. I'm saying we release the words that he told us to release. I'm talking about releasing truth. The truth of God. The promises of God. The word of God. It actually matters. What you say actually matters. It actually makes a difference. It's actually doing something. And the convicting thought is, is it, am I saying things that I want done? Am I saying things that I want to see? Am I saying things about myself that I want to think about myself? Proverbs 18, 21 said it. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Uh, the Lord showed me this many, many years ago. He said, if you'll value your words, your words will value you. What, what did he mean by that? If I actually put faith in the fact that my words matter, my words will start producing. It's the grace and mercy of God not to, not to bring to fruition everything that you say. That's a, good, that's a good thing to say, like, thank you, God. Good time right there. It's like, thank goodness. Unless y'all are just, like, perfect with what you say. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. You're probably not. You probably struggle with this thing called your mouth. <clears throat> but the more you start to value it, the more God can trust what you say. The more you start to put faith in it and value it and watch over it and steward it, the more you'll start to actually see the good things come to pass. Sometimes I feel like he's just, his mercy and grace is covering us all. I was like, man, they just, he just runs his mouth too much. I can't afford to wait till when it's going to be good or bad. I don't really know. So we'll just grace. You start to value it and steward it. Trust. I trust him. I trust what she says. I trust what she prays. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Um, James, he, I've already kind of mentioned this. He, he goes in, I want to read it to you again. In chapter three, he says, look at the ship, the ships. Like they're big, they get thrown around by the waves, but the pilot can just move the rudder wherever he wants and determine the direction that it goes. And in the next statement, he says, even so the tongue. You need to realize this today. Your words have the ability to change the course of your life. They have the ability to steer you in the right direction. They have the ability to steer your kids in the right direction. 
They have the ability to steer our nation in the right direction. They have the ability to shift what's going on in Israel. They have the ability, the power to actually do something that God wants to do. How do I know that? Not because a word of faith preacher, because the Bible. I, I, have, I have to grab a hold. He's, he just, he said it. Your tongue's like a rudder. It can steer the course of your life. And the great news about that is it can actually, it can actually, actually shift things in the direction of life and positive things. In other words, if you're going a direction right now you don't like, it's time for you to open your mouth and say the other thing. What direction do you want to go? Come on, I'm preaching to myself today. See, this tends to be one of those things. I'm just trying to ping you today, remind you that you misplaced this. It's time for you to bring back declaration. It's time for you to start decreeing and saying a thing. Now, I want to be super real with you today. Some of you sitting there thinking, that's weird. Yep. (laughs) It is. In this day and age, it is weird. It's weird to declare a thing and to decree a thing and to say, well, can't I just think it? No. No. It's, it's not the way that God made it. He, he made it for us to speak it out. Here's the good news. It doesn't have to be loud. Do you know you can cast out a demon whispering or shouting? It don't matter. <clears throat> However you choose. However you like to do it, I guess, you determine that. It's, more about, it's not about the, the level, the volume. It's about the faith behind it. Well I, I, well, I don't have much faith behind it. Well, guess how you get the faith behind it? You say it. You say it and say it and say it and say it and say it until finally the faith comes and backs what you say, and boom, it happens. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. See, it doesn't, it doesn't, faith doesn't just come from reading. It doesn't just, it, it does come from that. But it, it says that you need to hear the word of God. And the most convincing voice in all of our lives is our own voice. You believe yourself over every other voice. It is the most convincing. So you're saying and you're decreeing and you are declaring, this is, this is a, a, a tool and a weapon that God has given us. Hear me today. What's going on in Israel right now is tragic. It is tragic. But you can do something about it. You know what you can do? You can send forth your word. And you need to hear it that way and you need to think about it that way. Send forth your word. Lord, we declare peace in Israel in Jesus' name. And you declare truth. You know it's scriptural to to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Psalms 122 says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that peace would reside in her walls. How do I know that word is going to come to pass? Because it's in scripture. How do I know I'm praying accordance to the will of God? Because it's in scripture. So I'm going to release that with my mouth and I'm going to send forth peace to that nation. You can do something about it. We can do something about it. Why is it important that we bring back declarations? Because our world needs it. Our world needs it. Now, 
James, in, 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 in verses three or four, wherever it was, four or five, if you go right back up before that, you know what he says? He says in verse two, he says, we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man. He says, this is how powerful the, 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 the tongue is, the wor your words are. He says, if you can control that, you can control everything else. And he compares it to a bit in a horse's mouth. And that, that horse, as big and as powerful as that animal is, it goes where you jerk them reins. Great, great analogy, great picture. You go where your mouth goes. Why does he talk about controlling your mouth? Why is, he talk, why is it so hard to control our mouth? Because it's so powerful. Because it's a powerful force. That's why it's hard to get it under control. Now, what many believers will do with this message, what many believers, believers, Christian people will do with James chapter 3, is they'll read it, it, you know, I encourage you to go back and read it because it talks about the tongue, that it's set on fire from hell and all this crazy stuff. It's, it'll set a forest ablaze and all this stuff. And we will reduce this scripture to this thought. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to stop cussing. <laughs> You're right, yeah, pastor, yeah, he, he preached on the words, the thing I'm not going to cuss, only on the weekends. <laughs> <clears throat> We'll, we'll, we'll think, I'm, I'm going to stop cussing. Or, or we'll think, you know what, I'm going I'm I'm to lay back on, you know, pull back on those inappropriate jokes. They're really funny, but I'm going to stop. Only one a week. <laughs> we have thoughts like, I'm, I'm going I'm to watch that I'm not so harsh with my language. And I'll be the first to say, that's 100% what you should do. That's 100% God. And that is something that you should um, pull out of this scripture. But I actually believe there's a bigger and a greater truth. And the greater truth is not what you should stop doing, but it's what you should start doing. It's not what we should stop doing. It's what we should start doing. See, if you live in this place of stop doing this, don't do this, that is the law. That is the old covenant. That is an old covenant mindset. I live according to the spirit. I live in the new covenant. And the new covenant says, I open my mouth and I release things. See, this, the, the greater truth is not about stopping the bad things from coming out. It's about releasing the good things. That is the power. That is the greater truth. Yeah, there's death, death in the power of the tongue, but there's life. And if you want to actually live and you actually want to, to have real life, it's, it's time for you to start speaking life. Don't just shut up and stop cussing. That's just crap, man. Yes, you shouldn't cuss. Cool. Learn that in fifth grade. Blank. A cuss word would have gone really good right there. I mean, that case. Great, great truth, scriptural. But God is like, would you grab a hold of the greater truth? And would you please start releasing my will into the earth? 
Would you please stop, start shifting your own life, your own cities, the own, your own nations? Would you start praying and decreeing and declaring, this is what I've called you to do. There's a reason you got a mouth. There's a reason. Power. Power. It is a, it is a, I believe it is one of the most powerful tools the Lord has given us. It's one he's called us to steward well. <clears throat> so we realize, okay, there's power in our words. Now what do we do with it? Here's the application point. In part, if you're a note taker, this is where you need to start writing stuff down. What does it look like to use this powerful tool? I've got, there's a lot of directions I could go here. I'm just going to give you two today. Number one, it looks like you speaking truth, not just facts. It looks like you speaking truth, not just facts. I was in a conversation with a spiritual father in my life this week, and we were talking around this subject. <clears throat> and um, he, 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 as we were talking and just going back and forth, talking around the word, he said, you know, there's no life in speaking facts. There's no life in speaking facts. Life is speaking truth. Do you know there's a difference? He said, there's no life in speaking facts. Life, he, you feel life. I want you to just pause and think about it. You start to feel life whenever you start speaking the truth. Then he made this statement. He said, God changes facts all the time. That is so good. See, what I'm not saying today, I'm not saying that you should not say the facts. And this is where I feel like the Word of Faith movement kind of got off. It's like you weren't, you weren't allowed to say that you were sick. Like you're, you're not allowed to, to say that you're struggling. You're not allowed to say that you're, you're, you're needing some, some extra finances this month because if you said it, it was a, you know, a negative confession. You are sending that out into the earth. So when you are sick, you dare not say you're sick. And what it did is it, it, it became really fake. It became very unrelatable. What I'm saying to you today is you're not just supposed to speak the facts, but you're supposed to release truth too. It's actually okay to be real with where you're at. Amen. It's okay to be real with like, man, I'm just, I'm actually not doing good, but God. Amen. This is what we saw, this is what we saw David do all the time. I mean, I, I did a, I did a plan with Nick and, and Chandler and some other guys and we were reading through the book of Psalms. I got like 60% way through. I'm like, I got to stop. <laughs> My man is so depressed. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Like, the enemies are all around me. I'm going to die. I'm like, you are too creative of a soul. Like, you need to play football and get stronger, David. I know you killed a bunch of people, but you're kind of a little bit girly, all right? Yeah, I said that, all right? <clears throat> but you know what he always did? He always but God. Oh, their enemies are surrounding me. I'm going to die. But Lord, I know that I'm, I'm yours. I know you're going to send angels to protect me. I know you're going to hold me up with your right hand. 
And he was really, really good, I believe, at speaking the facts, but releasing truth. How, how, what do you do with this word? Here's what you do. You don't just speak facts, you speak truth. The world needs you to speak truth. There's a lot of facts you can be saying right now. Man, our president can't stand that guy. Can you believe he sent all that money to Iran and they're the ones funding the whole attack for Hamas and on Israel? And can you, can you believe, like, you think they're actually going to use it for humanitarian efforts? They're going to use it for weapons. He's an idiot. This whole, the, the, all of our leadership in this country, this country's going to hell in a handbasket. Did you see all the riots and the, and the things going on in the streets? People supporting the Palestinians? How could they, how could they support those people when they're beheading babies and... You just, here's what we do. We just start talking. And we start talking about a lot of facts. And I'm not saying that we don't need to talk about this. And, we don't, and I'm not saying we, we, we need to talk about it in our churches too. We need to. But that is not enough. Notice when you do that, ask yourself the question, is any life coming out of you? There isn't. No life is coming out. Life comes out when you begin to speak the truth. Man, I, I, I don't agree with our president. Or I, it is horrible what's happening over there. But Lord, I thank you that you have your hand on this whole situation. And I pray right now that there would be peace in Jerusalem. There would be peace in Israel. Lord, I thank you that you love every single human being. And I pray that you would, that, that, that you want every human being, Palestinian, Israel, Jew, Greek, read your Bible. He wants them all saved. He wants to meet all of them. He cares about every single one of them. He even, he even still loves the one who are being a bunch of idiots right now and murdering people. His grace is so sufficient. It even goes out to them. And I know that bothers you because it bothers me. But where sin abounds, that much more does grace abound is what his word says. And I don't understand it, which is why in scripture it says, may we be filled with the love of God, though it's too great to understand. It's too great to understand. It's too great, which means, hear me, it goes past your understanding. I don't understand it, but he said it. And so we begin to speak the truth. Our world, let's just, our, our households, your kids, they don't just need to hear about what's going on. They, they need to hear you speaking hope. That there's hope for our country. There's hope for Israel. There's hope for your problem. There's hope for the circumstance you find yourself in. There's hope for that family member who isn't following Jesus right now. See, see, I can speak the facts, but I need to release truth. Christians need to release truth. Next time you get in a political conversation, make sure you at some point flip that thing to truth. It must be flipped. It's not enough. It's not enough to complain. It's not enough to just state the facts. It's important, but it's not enough. Amen? See, we're not just called just to release just speak the facts. Call to speak the truth. 
And I'd go as far as say this, we need to speak the truth so that the facts change. And God wants to use you to do it. We have to be crazy enough. We have to be crazy enough to think that our prayers actually matter. I want to encourage you today, be crazy enough. Be crazy enough to think that you could actually make an impact on the nations. So number one, we looks like us speaking truth, not just facts. Number two, it looks like you declaring truth over your identity and over your soul. What do we do with the, with the power of our words, this teaching, this tool? What does it look like in our real everyday life? It looks like you're releasing it over your identity and your soul. I believe these are the, one, they are the most important to me. Because the enemy, well, let's just put it this way, especially right now, what's he attacking? Identity. Identity. He wants you to convince you and other people that they are not who God has made them to be. So what, what, where should I use this tool, the power of my words? I think one of the, the greatest areas that will have the most impact and the most important area you can use it in is over your identity and over your soul. Tell your mind what to think. Tell your soul what to feel. Tell yourself who you really are in him. You must speak that. It must be coming out of your mouth. You must encourage your kids in who they are in Christ Jesus and speak to their identity. You have to say it. I was feeling really uncomfortable after preaching in Midland last week or two weeks ago, wherever it was. Because I just got all fired up and all faith-filled and I was praying over the young men and I said, I said out of my mouth and I'm glad I said it. I said, you like women. Young men, hear me. You like women. You're attracted to girls. Period. What was I doing? I was releasing truth. I was releasing truth. Because young men need to be told that. They don't need to be walling around in shame and defeat and whatever else because they feel and think certain things. Can you imagine if we just threw all of our thoughts out on this overhead projector just with your name bomb? That's what you... (laughs) Jesus, that scares me. (laughs) We think and feel crazy things. When you get saved, you continue to think and feel crazy things. Can I just relieve you of that pressure and just teach you the truth? You are not your thoughts. You are not your feelings. That's not who you are. You are what this, who this word says that you are. That is the truth. Yeah, yeah, well, I feel different. Okay, I understand how you feel. Time to start speaking then. If you feel opposite of anything you read in this word, it's time for you to, that's, that's, that's a red flag to go. Oh, there's, my, there's the place that I start speaking. There's the place I start declaring. If you, if you are constantly beat up by your past and you constantly question if you're forgiven, you know the declaration you need to be making? I am forgiven by the blood of Jesus. 
I'm forgiven. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am loved. I don't have to be perfect. My past does not define me. His word defines me. He calls me righteous. He calls me pure. He calls me forgiven. He made me an heir. He calls me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He says, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That when I'm weak, I may feel weak, but I'm actually strong. That I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That I'm a man of God. I follow in his ways and the Lord directs my steps. My steps are directed by him. I'm, I'm someone who hears the Holy Spirit clearly and precisely. I'm full of wisdom and strategies to walk out this life that God has called me to do. I'm an unbelievable stinking husband and dad. I, my wife is, thinks I'm the sexiest thing to ever walk. The fa- Oh, wait, that's not in the word. I, 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 think, I think it's kind of in there, though. And you start declaring and decreeing. And you start getting this word coming out of your mouth. What has he said about you? I know what he said about me. I've spent some time wrestling with my past. Wrestling with that sucker trying to define me and tell me who I am and tell me why I'm not a preacher and tell me why I'm not living this out. Tell me why I'm a hypocrite. Shut your freaking mouth. I'm who he says that I am. And he says, my past is forgiven. He says he casts it from as far as the east is from the west. He'll even forgive me for saying freaking on a Sunday morning. (laughs) Probably shouldn't, but I did. I'm sorry. Like, I grab hold of that. And, and, And let me just say this. I'm all hyped up on Mountain Dew right now, all right? Like, I'm... And when you find me on a Monday, am I this crazy? No. Are there times where it takes me an hour to get over all the things that I'm feeling and I just don't feel like speaking today? Yes. The majority of the time, that's what it's like. Why? Why, why is it so, why is it, it's like you got to get over, anybody ever experienced this? It's like, man, I don't want to speak out any life today. I just, I, I won't, I won't say any death. I'm just, I just, I'm not going to say nothing. Just don't feel like talking today. You want to know why you feel that way? Because the enemy wants to shut you up and he wants to shut me up. You wanna, why is there such a fight? Because it's powerful. That's why. So it's powerful. So he'll make you think. He'll make you feel a certain way. He will bring up things. He'll do all those things. Because he's afraid that you might actually start believing what God has said. The greatest way to start believing what God has said is for you to say it. And 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 And then I'm going to say it. And after I've said it a bunch of times, I'm going to say it. I'm going to keep saying it. That's weird. Yep. Who cares? That's annoying. Yep, who cares? That takes a lot of strength and work. Yep, it does. Buckle up, buttercup. Welcome to Christianity. Welcome to following Jesus. Guess what you can start doing? I declare that it's easy for me to start speaking things out. I declare that I like talking. I declare that I like releasing the promises of God in my own life and over the lives of others. I declare that I'm a faith-filled being saying faith-filled things. 
You, I'm telling you, you can start creating and shifting and directing wherever you want to go. <clears throat> it's time to bring back declaration. If you happen to misplace this truth, I want to encourage you today. Bring it back. If you've never done this before, if you've never heard a message like this before, I just want, I want to ask you just to start. Just start. There's a great resource, Igniting Hope Ministries, Steve Backlund. He has already written out hundreds of declarations that he says over himself. He's written a book where you can declare over identity, over a job situation, over relationships, over your marriage. He's, breaking, he's broken down different topics and things that we face in our life and has written out almost 10 to 20 declarations for each of those topics. It's an amazing tool. It is, if you want it, go get it because it's out there. No excuses. No excuses. I'm about to bring out my coaching. I do a little bit of life coaching on the side. Can I just coach you for one second? Excuses are just lies. You're either lying to yourself or someone else. You're either lying to yourself or the person that you're giving it to. Should I say more or should I just let that just linger in the crock pot for a little bit? <clears throat> If you want something in God, go get it. No excuses. Yes. <clears throat> if you just stand, I want to I close this way, yeah. Just go ahead and stand your feet. <clears throat> um, I did not plan this, but I <laughs> worked out this way. I, uh, I had a whole section out of this, this declarations book that I wanted to read to you today to close out this message. I just happened to misplace it and leave it at my house before I came to service today. <laughs> it's just like the Lord to mess with me like that. It's like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but I, I want to share just kind of a gist of what I wanted to read to you today. In Genesis chapter 1, we see the Holy Spirit, and he's hovering over the deep. He's ho hovering over the darkness and over the expanse. And he's waiting. I believe he's waiting. And all of a sudden, God opens his mouth, and he says, let there be light. And when God releases a word, the Holy Spirit then has the ability to go and carry out the word that God releases. Notice, before any word was spoken, what was he doing? Hovering, waiting. I would argue with you today that maybe, just maybe the Holy Spirit's hovering over your life and he's waiting for you to speak a word so he has something to work with. He's waiting for you to release a word into the atmosphere so he can go to work and do his best thing. It's time to bring back declaration. It's time to open up our mouth and it's time to release his will into our own lives, the people around us, and into the world. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.